Good morning, fortune tellers, and welcome to the Fortune Teller Podcast. My name's Ryan, I'm your host, and we're bringing you all things DeFi, fintech, and the intersection of where crypto can go mainstream. We love to talk about DeFi, we love to talk about NFTs, and today I have a very special guest with us. We have Matthias de Vries, who is the founder and CTO of Alliance Block. Alliance Block is a protocol that bridges traditional DeFi and centralized finance together and automates the process of converting any digital or crypto asset into a bankable product, really reinventing what we know today as investment banking. Super excited to have you here today, Matthias, uh, nicknamed Matt, uh, and would love to hear more about your backstory and how you got into crypto. Uh, th thank you, first of all, for that amazing introduction, Ryan, and I'm uh, super excited to be here. Uh, good day to everyone. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I've always been in software development myself uh, since I was uh, 11 uh, or 12 years old. I've been in, uh, in software development and was doing this for uh, professional software for, for money since I was 15. And um, doing this in, in different industries, different, uh, different programming languages, I uh, slowly started to uh, be more interested in the management position. So I started to be a manager at uh, Postenel. Uh, Postenel is, is, is uh, the largest employer in the Netherlands. And uh, doing that for around nine years, I realized um, you know, having a function that involves a lot of politics in very large enterprise uh, company, it's not really for me. I want to make uh, impact, uh, short communication lines, and uh, you know, uh, drive innovation. So um, I went to a smaller company where I was uh, where I was leading uh, the development of AI products uh, like like chatbots, automated email management, and um, I was also responsible for a little bit of business development there. And when I was working on a case for a potential client, I uh, saw that there was a need for uh, blockchain, and I've heard about blockchain, but I ha hadn't really died. I, I wasn't really um, really aware of you know what's the real uh, possibilities of, uh, of, of of blockchain. So I started to dig deeper into that, and um, I saw that you know a lot of people were actually making money in uh, in that industry. So you know naturally I was like you know that's interesting. I want to do that too. So I participated you know as an investor and uh, did uh, just simply by buying a couple of coins on uh, on, on on some small exchanges, and I quickly became interested interested like why do they exist why do i make money uh, out of this and when i was digging deeper and deeper and i found out about ethereum back in 2017 uh, there was no way back for me i was hooked uh, smart contracts it changed everything for me it changed the world and uh, i knew at that point I, I have to do something in, in, in this area. And I was 24-7, I was on, on Telegram, Twitter, I was uh, uh, you know, with, uh, with all the communities. I was part of it. I was one. And um, uh, there I met Rashid. Rashid is uh, my co-founder and he's the CEO of uh, Alliance Block. And together we were discussing uh, you know, the problems that we were seeing, the, the solution that we envisioned in order to solve those problems and uh, how to go about it. And uh, we quickly realized, you know, we, we met in Telegram, which is a super cool story. You know, it's, it's, it's only possible in crypto, you know, a story like that, right? Uh, he was in Paris. I was in the Netherlands. So we said, uh, we meet halfway in Belgium. 
<laughs> and uh, we met up. We we spent you know a whole day together and uh, basically drafted up Alliance Block right there um, uh, in front of a riot. We didn't care. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, so yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's, uh, it's it's cool that we met like this, and uh, it also you know really really well describes how uh, Rashid and I work together. Really passionate, uh, really in line about you know the vision where where we want to go and um we 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 started alliance block back in in 2018 in order to make the the uh, especially the investments in 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 blockchain related projects you know more safer more transparent easier you know so that that is hassle free in order to participate um we created an mvp it was really cool um uh, technologically it was really cool but we missed the the market fit because as you know you know late 2018 um well, that, that, that was kind of a low. <laughs> that was was not the best moment to release an investment platform. I mean, I, I think we were one of the first that had a platform that is now considered like a launchpad, a DAX, and everything in one. You know, it was uh, it was amazing. We knew that uh, we need to we needed to pivot in order to um, in order to stay relevant. So um, when we got incubated by a couple of top tier incubators uh, like uh, Kickstarter in Zurich. Um, Session F in, in Paris and uh, Level 39 in London. We started to speak, you know, with uh, with with, with uh, f- traditional companies out there uh, as mentors, as potential clients, partners, um, and and our idea was to pivot into a security token offering platform. You know, moving away from ICOs to SEOs. That was the hype back then, or people were believing that this would be the hype, right? So when we were jumping into that, we noticed that you know the 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 whole compliance and regulation area. It's uh, it's a gray area. It's an expensive area, and uh, there is a lot of work to do in order to streamline this, you know, for the whole industry. And when we were speaking to these financial entities, they were basically saying the same, like, you know, they, they are already working with blockchain proof of concepts, you know, they're trying out things. They're not against blockchain. Uh, they're actually embracing the technology as can bring a lot of value for their, uh, for their internal processes or external processes. When we were speaking to them, they basically, you know, saw the same issues. Like we cannot bring, you know, this proof of concept to uh, to production because it will not be compliant. So, you know, we were thinking like this compliance is a recurring recurrent problem. Um, so we were started to focus really on this uh, on this compliance. We created a proof of concept that is a really light version of what we envision to be the cross border uh, rule engine uh, that, that 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 we will release uh, uh, later on the roadmap. And um, from there on, you know, Arm started to develop on how we saw that we can make the decentralized space um, a little bit more compliant where it matters. So that you know we can uh, uh, foster adoption from the traditional finance uh, side, and this way we envision that we can uh, basically build a bridge between traditional finance and uh, decentralized finance through a suite of products and uh, through an ecosystem of partners, clients, like-minded people that we are building in uh, in parallel. Now you got into the crypto space, or at least the Ethereum space, from a software mindset. You talked about how smart contracts excited you, and I think so many of us felt the same way. We may have initially bought coins, but that's not what really hooked us. And there's this infamous crypto flywheel where once you buy a coin, you start caring about its price, which means you want to figure out why it even has value in the first place. 
and you just go down this rabbit hole. So many of us have felt the same way. With your experience coming from software development, what about smart contracts was was it that got you hooked? I mean, the fact that uh, it's possible to write an application that is, uh, uh, you know, immutable. And that's, you know, once it's launched, you know, it, it, you cannot do anything to, to fix a bug or anything. It was mind-boggling to me. So when something is mind-boggling to a developer that's adventurous or at least curious, you know, you, 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 you dig deeper, right? And when I was, you know, reading about the fact, like, uh, I think the English word is notary, right? The fact that basically everything that you can do with a smart contract can uh, does not have to be done by a notary anymore. And a notary, has, at least in the Netherlands and a lot of other countries, has a really important position in a lot of traditional processes, like buying a house, a uh, very good example of that uh, in many cases. And, you know, seeing this, you know, from a developer's per- perspective, that as a developer, you can have this much power in order to, you know, uh, make an impact to the world. I mean, I, I wanted to make an impact. You know, I love technology. And then, you know, seeing these two things come together, I mean, this is this is like a dream, right? Like an utopia almost. Yeah, and we have the opportunity to impact every single individual in the world. That is the beauty of this open database that we can all store things on. We can have legitimate notaries on. You can have provable provenance. There are so many application sets that start primarily in finance, but then begin to branch off. And I think what a developer thinks when they get into the space is that magical aha moment of, oh my God, I have the power now. I don't have to go ask a bank to fund my startup because I need to figure out how to get liquidity. I could write a smart contract that allows people anywhere around the world to deposit liquidity. And my smart contract can do something novel and can change the world and offer value. to Everyone is a bank, yeah. So that, and I think that is a really great segue into what you're working on now, which is the bank. As as you just mentioned, everyone is their own bank. You guys are focusing on that compliance hurdle. How do traditional finance companies and institutions look at crypto today? You mentioned that they want to get involved, but compliance is an issue. How do you go about solving those problems? So there, there are a few ways and there are a few stages. I mean, honestly, we cannot change the world tomorrow, right? So we have to do it step by step. And um, if you look at traditional finance today, I mean, uh, exceptions here and there, but generally what they see from their clients, and now I'm speaking about wealth management banks, private banks, asset managers, you know, their clients come to them. And they know three years ago, if you if you were a high, wor- uh, high net worth individual, it was cool to buy Bitcoin. It was cool to buy Ethereum. Um, nowadays, you're not cool anymore. You're cool if you put that to work. Right. Otherwise, you're not relevant anymore. And that's where DeFi kicks in. So, you know, this this asset managers, uh, wealth management banks, etc. You know, they they know they they have to do something with DeFi, but they don't understand it first of all. So we have to help them. You know, make it easier to understand. So which means you know better usability. You know, better. You know, it, it has to make sense. Yeah. Right. No investment in meme coins. You know, it has to it has to have a real impact, a real use case, real utility. And yeah, uh, second of all, you know. Of course you know naturally this compliance layer and uh you can go about uh, go, go on about this in, in in different ways like uh, for example one of the things that we're working on is like you know in in, in one hand you want to give this traditional space um the tools in order to do a full kyc and aml verification 
Uh, on the other hand, you know, uh, in, in, in the essence of decentralized technologies, you know, we don't want um, uh, to enable per se to share your most personal intimate data, which is this KYC data, with anyone out there. So we, we are creating a product that is called the trustless uh, data verification uh, product. And that is exactly that tool that helps you to only verify once uh, uh, through, a, through a protocol with a, a traditional, very high, uh, highly valued uh, identity verification provider. We've partnered with GBG in that sense. GBG is doing it for Barclays, HSBC, you know, the big names. Uh, they get rid of this data uh, uh, once it's verified. We only get hashes uh, and, and, and data that you cannot use in order to recognize a human behind it. And through this data, still I know that this person uh, is, is, is not on a sanction list, is, is not, uh, it's, it's from a whitelisted country, it's from the right age, it's allowed to participate in the service that I'm offering as, as a, a service provider on, uh, uh, in DeFi. But even outside of DeFi, this can be super relevant. Like uh, if we look at, for example, super simple uh, example, in the Netherlands, you have uh, uh, a law where it forbids uh, uh, business owners to sell alcohol to minors. Uh, makes a lot of sense, right? But for the business owners, they are personally uh, punishable by law. Like uh, really, you know, with, with jail fines, not the business, but personally as a business owner, right? If they do sell alcohol to minors. So there is no law that describes how they have to do it. So they do it, you know, in sometimes really crappy ways, like a checkbox on the website. Please declare that you're 18 years of older. But this is not enough. I mean, if you still sell this, uh, you can still, uh, it can still be found out that it was sold to a minor because they just checked, yeah, okay, I'm 18, whatever. And, uh, and, and why do they do this? Is because an identity verification is super expensive. I mean, if you're a small business owner and you sell a bottle of wine, you know, sometimes, you know, a couple of times per day, and this wine is 10 euro. And this verification that you have to buy, you know, now traditionally, it's like five euro because you have a low volume normally. Then where is your margin for the bottle of wine, right? So we create a reusable identity verification that is completely uh, uh, not linked to your identity directly. So this business owner, I mean, it's a small business owner. How do you know that he is, you know, adhering to GDPR and that he's not going to accidentally leak your data? I mean, he's a small business owner. He doesn't have a lot of security checks in place, probably, right? Um, and if he doesn't have this information, I mean, you can leak this data and nothing will happen because what can you do with a couple of hashes, right? So it makes a lot of sense as, as, a, as a next step. Now to, to explain this, the system to our listeners, Effectively, I as a user would fill out my KYC, here's my personal information, that would go to a trusted party who can sign off on it. And then I as a user get a provable hash or just pretty much a stamp, that a digital stamp that I can go use. Maybe that's an NFT, a non-transferable NFT in my wallet. Maybe it's just a hash, which is just a signature from one of these verifiers. And I could go to the small business, they could say, yes, this is probably the correct stamp. Or I could go to a Uniswap pool, or I could go use some DeFi product and say, yes, I'm genuinely KYC. 
So all of a sudden, exactly. I don't have to do the repetitive task of re-verifying. Imagine the following, and this is the next stage. Like, for example, we are launching our uh, own decks right now. I can tell a little bit more about it later if, uh, if, uh, if we have time. But, you know, imagine the following. We create pools that contains institutional funds, right? And there's no way to do this now because there is no way to ensure that these funds will be tri- traded in a compliant manner. So now what if all the wallets connected to our DEX are verified through our trustless identity verification module? Yeah. And we know that when a wallet connects, we can check like, okay, this, this user was verified. This wallet was verified. So we can enable a trade, like it's linked in the smart contract. As we know, you know, the smart contract, it can only go uh, one way or the other, like how it's programmed, right? So there can there can be no mistake. So if it's a compliant trade and we can check this through the wallet connected, the trade will happen. Uh, this is like a really, really simple precursor, one of cross-border rule engine that we are, we are envisioning. But also, you know, it gives a real world example of how we can have adoption of institutional into, uh, uh, into DeFi uh, by making it compliant in such a way. Yeah, and that's, the biggest challenge that all these institutions have faced to date, there's no counterparty. There's no known counterparty in DeFi as it currently stands. If you're using Uniswap, there are hundreds of thousands of people also supplying liquidity. You just can't KYC them because they're currently not KYC. In order for this mainstream adoption to happen, it sounds like we do need the opportunity where there's a DEX, as you were describing, and the users are all known. They're all KYC verified, but the institution has no clue who they are. They just know that, hey, this trusted third party, one of the banks you mentioned or another partner has verified that everyone in this pool is legit. To see mainstream adoption happen, do you feel that these type of applications will live on their own, like on the Alliance Box platform suite? Or do you see these kind of compliant DeFi pools being integrated into FinTech applications of today that already have the users? Absolutely, the, the 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 last one, because you know the fact is we want to bridge traditional finance with DeFi. We don't want to uh, bridge traditional finance with Alliance Block. So here we are creating an ecosystem that's for all. So we are here to help Uniswap. We are here to help uh, Pangolin, QuickSwap, PancakeSwap. You know all, all the DEXs out there, that have high volume. You know, uh, we, 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 a couple of months ago, we, we announced partnership with Pangolin DEX, you know, the major DEX on, uh, on Avalanche network. Um, they can't wait, you know, to integrate this uh, trustless identity verification module. And uh, we've heard also recently that Uniswap also announced that they're looking into ways to have a KYC verification for uh, maybe additional access to pools or, you know, so it's it's starting already. And we don't want to work against them. No, we want to help them, we want to work with them. We, we are not here to find competitors. I think that is how adoption will continue to grow. And I think you're right on it. The next wave of users to come into a DEX or that next 10X of liquidity supplied will be the institutions. I think we've seen DeFi grow into the consumer base of users that are willing to experiment with the more risky type of technologies. Now it's time for the institutions that have far more volume, far more AUM and liquidity to come play in the DeFi ecosystem. They want to do it because it's the next way that they can generate income. And it's just about figuring out that compliance piece for them. We always like to ask uh, a final question on the Fortune Teller podcast. That is, if you had a crystal ball in front of you right now, 
What do you think you could most confidently predict will happen in DeFi by the end of 2022? 2022. That is a beautiful question, my man. I love it. So uh, <laughs> um, let me see. I think. Um, I think. Uh, I mean, the uh, NFT craze. It's. Um, uh, it's. 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 It's real. It's cool. Uh, but it's not a big bang of 22. Um, you know, looking into 22, I think we are going to um, uh, compliance is going to be huge huge thing in DeFi because you know we have to you know we've seen it over and over again we've seen it in 2017 and we are seeing it now every bull market every government it's cracking down on crypto and now it's cracking down on DeFi uh, the industry is picking up it's maturing uh, it's maturing a lot it's maturing rapidly and you know this compliance, uh, this compliance layers, compliance uh, the the KYC verifications, um, they're they're gonna uh, be part of everything that we do on DeFi, but they're not gonna stand in the way. I mean, you're not gonna feel. I mean, because you know it sounds contradicting, right? It sounds like it's going to get, uh, go against you know the values of everything that we stand for and we believe in. You know, if we work in 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 the in the blockchain industry, right? Um, but I believe, you know, we are close to uh, uh, to a way where we can still keep those values and still be compliant. And I think 2022 is going to play a very important uh, uh, role in that. And I think you hit it right. The adoption of DeFi products is a very as a scale. It's not black or white. It's not fully decentralized or fully centralized. It's a gray scale, and there's going to be many different product suites whether that's KYC without your identity being verified, whether that's fully decentralized in the manner that a Uniswap or a Compound or an Aave is today. And we're going to see that grow and so many more products come into play with that compliance mindset as you're talking about. I mean, there's, you know, adoption. It's such an important thing. right? Everybody's always hoping for adoption. And, you know, compliance is one thing to bring this institutional money, but but adoption goes so far, much farther than that. That's why we make it one of our mission, you know, internally at Alliance Block. Everything that we do has to have next level user experience. Because let's be honest, you know, try to explain MetaMask to your mother, right? And this is still a problem that we face in DeFi every day. So, you know, also, you know, in, in 2022, um, a lot of things will change there for sure. We'll see the user experience greatly improve and it's been a it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today matt where can our listeners find out more about you or more information about alliance block uh absolutely check out allianceblock.io and join our telegram at uh, simply at alliance block uh, we have a very active engaging community out there uh, i would be happy to answer your pers- uh, questions personally it would be my absolute pleasure all listeners, go check out Alliance Block, get in the Discord, get in the Telegram, talk to Matt there. And wherever you're listening to this, be sure to check out the show notes for all of the links that Matt mentioned in our conversation. And please follow us on Twitter at Use Teller or join our newsletter to find out about our upcoming episodes.